Oh, you can be seated. God is doing a new thing, church. It is so amazing to be a part of it, isn't it? Uh, we have somebody that received salvation this week. The light is on, so we celebrate that. If you were here on Wednesday night, it looked like a Sunday morning. This parking lot was packed. It was unbelievable. Uh, we have uh, almost, I actually checked it last night with my wife, which by the way, if you know my wife, her birthday is today. Flood her. Hit her up with some text and messages. Uh, she deserves all of it. She is definitely my better half, and uh, anything you could do to bless her is awesome. But she told me 198 women are registered right now, a part of our women's ministry. Uh, men, y'all need to show up tomorrow night. We got to get moving, right? It's going to be good. We're going to get going tomorrow at 6.30. Uh, so we're in this new series, uh, Gifted, and we start today. So you're here right on time with what I believe God is wanting to do and say to us over the next month or so as we get into this. You see, God has gifted us for greater. Can you say that with me? Gifted us for greater. That, that actually God has greater plans for your life, greater plans for our church, and he's gifted us for greater. But there's a little bit of an elephant in the room, and I just want to get it out in the open. Oh, it got quiet. Because <laughs> you know what that means, right? You know that when we hear there's an elephant in the room, that something bad is about to be shared. But let me just let you take a deep breath, okay? There's nothing bad about this elephant. You see, this elephant is the reality that Jesus' church has often been tethered and leashed in a way that he never intended. That often there's been a lack of freedom, a lack of faith to work and walk and operate in who he has called us and created us to be. The elephant in the room, per se, is the leash, the tether that has often been there. If you know anything about how they train elephants in a circus, my understanding is that they start when they're very young and they tie them to a stake. And that stake is enough to hold them when they're young. As the elephant matures and grows, what ends up happening is that same stake, that same tether is enough. Even though the elephant could just shrug its head and pull away, it believes that it cannot because it learned when it was young it couldn't. We're going to unleash the church today, church. I believe that Jesus wants to unleash his church, that he wants to unleash it because he has gifted us for greater. He has gifted you for greater and for more. Turn with me to John chapter 14, and we're going to move through a couple of core texts today and look at some others. It's a little bit more of a teaching today in the sense that we're going to cover some ground. The notes are there at pathwayvb.com slash FYI if that helps you. Uh, if it doesn't, it will. You should try it. Um, in John 14, we pick up in these first 11 verses. It says, let not your hearts be troubled. Anybody else come in with a troubled heart? Okay, four of you admitted it. God's going to set you free today. I mean, the truth is, like, there's a lot of troubling stuff in our world. And, and what he begins with right here is, let not your hearts be troubled. I can remember moments where God's like, will you trust me? Move from a troubled heart to a trusting heart, right? 
He goes on, believe also in me. In my Father's house are many rooms. If it were not so, would I have told you that I go to prepare a place for you? And if I go and prepare a place for you, I will come again and I will take you to myself, that where I am you may be also. And you know the way to where I am going. Thomas, who was one of his disciples, said to him, Lord, we do not know where you are going. How can we know the way? Jesus said to him, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. If you had known me, you would also have known my Father also. From now on, you do know him and have seen him. And I want to just pause here for a minute. In verse 6, this is, there is an exclusivity to who Jesus is. He's saying there are no other roads, there are no other paths, there are no other religions. It all goes through Jesus to get to the Father. But there's an inclusivity to Jesus as well. Because he also teaches us that all who come to him, all who confess and believe will receive and become his. That is good news, church. As they're hearing this, Philip in verse 8 said to him, Lord, show us the Father, it is enough for us. Jesus said to him, have I been with you so long and you still do not know me, Philip? Whoever has seen me has seen the Father. How can you say, show us the Father? Do you not believe that I am in the Father and the Father is in me? The words that I say to you, I do not speak on my own authority, but the Father who dwells in me does his what? Works. Believe me that I am in the Father and the Father is in me, or else believe on account of the works themselves. You're taking notes, a clear vision of Jesus reveals that we are gifted for greater. And as we break this down, the first thing is Jesus reveals the Father. He reveals the Father and how we can move from knowing about him to really knowing him. And there's a massive difference with being able to pass a quiz about Jesus and about God and actually knowing him. It's possible to be around the things of God and even have the appearance of godliness, yet miss who Jesus is and the intimacy he offers us with the Father. How do I know? Because for 19 years, I sat in churches from birth to about age 19. Probably more than many of you in this day and age do, because every time the church doors were open, we were there. Sunday mornings, Sunday schools, church service, Sunday night, Wednesday night, prayer meeting. Anybody? And somehow through all of that, I knew about God, but I didn't really know him. It's possible to know a lot about something or someone and not really know them. Some of you can quote all the stats of your favorite football player, right? You know who the GOAT is. You know everything about those 22 years. Yeah, I just said it was Tom Brady. You know everything there is to know about him, but you don't actually probably know him. And this is part of what Jesus is getting at here, right? If we're we're gifted for greater, it begins by knowing him, by understanding who he is, by taking that step of receiving and realizing all that the Father has for us. So maybe for you today, that's the starting point, right? It's to realize you've been around religion or church, you've been around Christianity, but you've actually never taken that step to really embrace who Jesus is and what he offers you. He's the way, the truth, and the life. 
He offers you more. He offers you the greatest opportunity you could ever be given to know the Father without a doubt. Now, as Jesus reveals the Father, there's also other things that we learn by looking at Jesus' life. In Philippians chapter 2, verse 6 and 7, it says this, that Jesus, who though he was in the form of God, did not count equality with God a thing to be grasped, but emptied himself, say emptied, emptied himself by taking the form of a servant being born in the likeness of men. Jesus was fully God and fully man. When we look to Jesus, we realize that he emptied himself, yet he did some incredible things here on earth. He didn't do it with his divine privilege. He didn't do it with this divinity, although that was available to him. He did it in a way that tells us that we can do it too. That actually, if Jesus did it in the power and in the operation of the Spirit, which is in a minute what we'll see, that we too can do the same. If you're taking notes, Jesus emptied himself. Therefore, the Holy Spirit empowering him is also available to empower each of us as his followers. And church, this is where I get excited. I believe that God is doing a new thing. He is moving among us. We are seeing growth at Pathway in width and depth online and in person. Can we give God the glory for that? It is awesome what God is doing. But I want you to know, I believe we're just scratching the surface of what God has ahead. Because when you and I collectively and individually embrace that the same spirit that was operating in Jesus and through Jesus is available to us, it will change how we live and function. We will know the Father and be empowered in his spirit in a way that our daily life will look different. God wants to speak today, I believe, in a powerful way. And I hope that you're able to hear and receive what he's showing. Because for me, this, this was a significant moment a few years back. Realizing that the same spirit that empowered Jesus resides in me, resides in you. It changes how we approach life and what's available to us. This is why I believe, and you'll see in a moment, that there are greater things ahead because we'll be operating in the power of his spirit. But let me show you a little bit further what happened with Jesus. Turn, if you want, or you can look on the screens. And Actually, let me, let me read to you this quote to bring this home a little bit further. John Thompson, an author and pastor, says this. This is about Jesus and his divinity. He never stopped being God, but he didn't use that obvious advantage when he became human. He used the same resources he has made available to all of us. He walked and worked in the spirit to show us that we could too. That is good news, church. So in Matthew chapter 3, there's a moment where Jesus is baptized. He's baptized not because he's sinful like you and I, but because it's an act of obedience and a witness, not just to his obedience, but to the Spirit of God. In fact, John the Baptist will do the baptizing, and his, he's the cousin of Jesus, and he was waiting to see the power of God, the Spirit, on the Messiah. It was in this moment of baptism that he saw it. Here's what it says in Matthew chapter 3. Then Jesus came from Galilee to the Jordan to John to be baptized by him. John would have prevented him, saying, I need to be baptized by you, and do you come to me? 
But Jesus answered him, let it be so now, for thus it is fitting for us to fulfill all righteousness. Then he consented, and behold, the heavens were opened to him, and he saw the Spirit of God descending like a dove and coming to rest on him. And behold, a voice from heaven said, this is my beloved Son with whom I am well pleased. In that moment, if you're taking notes, Jesus is revealed as our Savior, our Lord, and our model for fully living. He is our Savior. He is our Lord. That spirit descending on him would launch Jesus at 30 years old into three years of incredible ministry. He actually would be empowered by the same spirit available to you and I. He would go out and they would see healings and deliverance and miracles. Freedom would be found. The kingdom reign and rule of Jesus would be extended And I'm telling you, it was a breakthrough in my walk with the Lord, reading this passage a few years ago and realizing, one, just as he looked to Jesus and said, here's my son in whom I'm well pleased, I don't understand it, I can't explain it, but God the Father looks at you and I when we look to him and he says, you're my son, you're my daughter, I love you, I see you, I have a plan for you, I have greater for you. Then he gives us his spirit And I'll be honest, like if I'm God, I don't know if I would trust fallen humanity with my spirit. You ever thought about that? Like y'all, we're pretty messed up. Like on a good day, we have issues. (laughs) Y'all are here. I know you're here. And so he entrusts his spirit to us. And that same spirit that he went out and operated in resides in us. Sometimes it's just becoming aware that not only is he Lord and our Savior, but when we look at Jesus and what he taught and how how he did things, that that's a model for you and I of how we can live and lead in our world. I can remember for years looking at Jesus and being like, yeah, that is great, but that's Jesus. Like, I can't live up to that. I can't do what Jesus did. Church, the same spirit is in us. And we actually, with his help, can fulfill the things that he has for us. Notice what he says next in John 14, verse 12. Truly, truly, I say to you, whoever believes in me will also do the works that I do. Okay, pastor, you're not making this up. Anybody? (laughs) We'll do the works that I do, and greater works, say greater works, than these will he do, because I am going to the Father. Whatever you ask in my name, this I will do, that the Father may be glorified in the Son. If you ask me anything in my name, I will do it. We need to understand that doesn't mean we ask for a new car, new house, and all of those things, right? Like, yes, God wants to provide. He's a good, good father, as we sang. He is good. And he has good gifts for us. But what it's talking about is a heart in prayer coming in alignment with heaven that begins to call by his name on the things he wants to do here on earth. And that when we do that and we get in step with his spirit and power, that actually you and I will do greater works than Jesus. That sounds messed up. 
Like when I just let it out, it's like, whoa, wait, pastor. Are you competing with Jesus today? No. (laughs) I'm saying what Jesus said was that you and I would do greater works. Those works may look similar, but here's the difference. Jesus, because he had not given up divine privilege, was fully God and fully man in one location at one time. While his spirit was omnipresent, he was present in the Middle East for a 33-year period of time before his death. Are you with me? What he's saying in that moment is, moving forward, I'm going to give my spirit and power to the entire church Acts 1.8 says that you will be my witnesses in Jerusalem, Judea, Samaria, and to the ends of the earth. When what? When my power comes on you. That's the greater works. It's not that we don't do what Jesus did. We do. But it's collective, the body of Christ, living into its calling and future, being who it was called to be throughout the world. That's the greater works. And that's available to all of us. God has this for us. And it's, as you can tell for me, very exciting to think about. Now let's keep going. In Ephesians chapter 4, when we fully follow Jesus, we move into these greater works. And we move into them within the context of the body of Christ. You can do some of it individually, but the greater works are what we do together. Say together. Okay? Together, we accomplish more. That's just a basic principle of life and team. But actually in Scripture, in Matthew 18, there's a moment where Jesus actually says, where two or three are gathered, there I am. And y'all, I've planted a church. And when you plant a church, that is one of your favorite go-to passages. When nobody shows up, (laughs) right? When you've got six people in the room, You're like, oh, yeah, two or three are gathered. He's here. And you're just trying to keep hope alive, right? You're counting literally every human, even the ones not born. It's like, are you pregnant? Because that's two on the head count, right? (laughs) There's something greater he does, though. When we actually realize we weren't designed to do it alone. And it is true that whether there's two or three or a couple hundred, that his presence is poured out on his body, on the church. And I'm the guy that got his first paycheck from a church about 20, about 18, 19 years ago, I guess. And as I got that check, I went, Uh Uh-oh. Actually, I said, oh, crap, in my head, but I didn't know if I could say that. And now I have, so it's out there. I'm like, oh, crap. Because to my core, one of my key values is integrity. Like, you just need to know that about me. Like, integrity is incredibly important, I believe, to the Lord, and it is to your pastor. And I sat there in an integrity moment going, I don't know if I can accept money from a church. Because I don't know what I believe about the church. I love Jesus. I believe he's got more. But I'm not really sure I know what to do with the church. 
And so I held the check. I don't even remember how long it was before I cashed it. As a young family that was struggling, I probably cashed it that week, okay? But at the same time, I went on a journey trying to understand what is this thing called the church? And, and here's what I know to be true. This is why I've invested my life and will continue to, as long as he gives me, invest my life in the local church. The local church is Jesus' chosen vehicle. It's his body. And it is his vehicle to advance the kingdom. And to be a believer and not be connected in a part of the body of Christ is to actually miss half of what's offered to you with the gospel. You see, he saves you and then he gives you a new family of brothers and sisters that don't look like you, that don't act like you on a good day, bad day, right? Like it's, it's messy in the church, anybody? But at the end of the day, it's where he wants us and where he begins to do some of the greatest work. And he gifts us. So let's look at this in Ephesians chapter 4. Would have made sense while I was telling that story to find it in my Bible, wouldn't it? Ephesians chapter 4, picking up in verse 7. It says, But grace was given to each one of us according to the measure of Christ's gift. Therefore, it says, when he ascended on high, he led a host of captives, and he gave what? Gifts to men. There's the gift of salvation. There's also the gift, the spiritual gifts that he gives. In saying he ascended, what does it mean but that he also descended into the lower regions, the earth? He who descended is the one who also ascended far above all the heavens, that he might fill all things. It's incredibly important right there to understand what it's saying to you and I. If you're taking notes, Jesus gives gifts to every believer so that the church can share him with the world. That he can fill us and fill all things with his presence in the world. God is omnipresent, but he chooses specifically to work through believers that are gifted. This is great news. This means that whether you feel gifted or not, and let's be clear here, there's a difference between a talent and a gift. I cannot sing. I do not have that talent. Okay? I don't have the talent to do much at my home. I'm going to lose my man card for the 50th time here. I am not a craftsman. I don't have that talent. But those aren't necessarily what we're talking about here. You see, gifts are something that God gives us spiritually that supernaturally, when you're operating in it, is empowered in a way that's beyond natural talent. It's actually something that impacts others for Christ, that extends his kingdom. And the good news today is if you're a follower of Jesus Christ, you have a spiritual gift. Likely you have more than one. And when you become aware of that and you live that in community and you begin to learn how to operate in it, it changes everything. You are gifted for greater. Not because you're great, but because he's great in and through you. And because he wants to be known in our world. Now, can you imagine if a church is not unleashed in its gifts? Can you imagine what happens when you have a few gifts operating in a church 
but not all of them? It's not the same presence and power that the Lord intends for his body and for his kingdom to be extended. And so the exciting thing to think about is there's a discovery that's going to be unfolding as we look to him and say, God, what is the gift? What is the gift that you've given me? How do you want to use this in my life? Not just in the church, but out in the world to extend his kingdom. Your gifts are meant to be used. Your gifts are meant to be used. Your gifts are meant to be used. There's actually within biology a very simple concept, right? There's symbiotic growth and parasitic growth. Symbiotic growth is mutually beneficial. In a a plant or animal, if there's symbiotic growth, it's feeding off of each other and it's benefiting and experiencing health. Parasitic growth benefits one party that leeches or takes from the other. Dr. Tony Evans, a pastor and author, he says this about this concept. He says, Christians must ask themselves how they are functioning in the organism of the body of Christ. Am I a spiritual parasite? Woo! (laughs) I'm going to hide behind his quote. Right? But listen to what he says. Sing to me. Preach to me. Pray for me. Counsel me. Help me. But expect nothing from me. That is a parasite. A Christian interested in symbiotic growth says, Yes, I have needs, but I am willing to give too because everyone needs to benefit. And church, I just want to affirm and encourage you that it's happening already at Pathway. We had 139 volunteers in the last week. That is incredible. God is moving. But understand, this is bigger than a need to volunteer. This is helping you as you volunteer or serve, whether it's in the church or outside of the church, to operate in the gifts and the spirit within you. That is what's going to change not just your life, but the lives of those around you is operating in the power of the spirit. And look at what the goal is in all of that. And this is where I'll bring us to a close today. In Ephesians 4, verse 11 and 12, it says, And he gave apostles, so right after he said, I've given you a gift, and it's to extend the kingdom in the world, he says, And he gave the apostles, the prophets, the evangelists, the shepherds, and teachers to equip saints for the work of ministry, for building up what? The body of Christ. Until we all attain to the unity of the faith and of the knowledge of the Son of God, to mature manhood, to the measure of the stature of the fullness of Christ, so that we may no longer be children tossed to and fro by the waves and carried about by every wind of doctrine, by human cunning, by craftiness and deceitful things. Rather, speaking the truth in love, we are to grow up in every way into him who is the head into Christ. In this last verse here, verse 16, I want you to just think about what does this look like and mean for us as a church, whether we're online or in person, but for you individually, 
to say, I want to be a part of that. I have been gifted for greater, and here's what the goal of that greater is, right? It says, from the who, whom, whom the whole body joined and held together by every joint with which it is equipped, when each part is working properly, makes the body grow so that it builds itself up in love. That is our goal, is to see growth, to actually see God moving in his church. If you're taking notes, Jesus gives gifts to the church to grow the body, the body in unity, health, maturity, and love. That's what this is all about, that your gifts actually help his body grow in these ways. A number of years ago, I was a, uh, in college, part of the way I paid my way through college uh, was doing personal training at a health club. It paid better than anything else. I loved, uh, you know, to, to do that and be around that environment. And I had a guy that came to me. He was uh, middle-aged at the time. Again, I was in college. And he came to me and, and he said, hey, uh, can you help me? I've been dealing with this for a long time but I've got one shoulder and arm noticeably different in size than the other. We'll call him Steve. Steve is looking at me, and I'm looking at him, and I actually see it visibly that he's lopsided, that actually one side of his body was far different than the other. And so I said, well, tell me, what, what have you been doing? What does your routine look like? And what he had been doing is training harder the one side of the body that was stronger while not actually using the other side and catching it up. So you know what I did? I actually took about three months with him. I said, I'll help you, but you're not going to like it. I'm actually going to ask you to not use this strength to its fullness for a few months. That actually we need to get the other part of your body active and caught up. And after a few months of him doing that kind of training and working just that side, he actually came in one day, because he always did in a tank top, right? It's a gym. And he was so proud, because he's looking in the mirror, and he could see that he had equaled out. Now, this side didn't necessarily go forward in the way that he had hoped, but he had caught up. Do you see what might need to happen in the body of Christ right now? And maybe even in your life? That, that maybe... We have some gifts, some things that we've been gifted to do that for greater that, that aren't operating, that we have atrophy, that we have one side operating and not the other. And then maybe in your life you have a gift operating, but maybe some of the others that maybe are unexplored or haven't been developed yet are waiting to reach their fullness. You see, there is an exciting season, I believe, that God is calling us into. And over the next few weeks, we will be unpacking the spiritual gifts very specifically. We'll be looking at word gifts and love gifts and power gifts in those three categories. And some of you are going to be, oh, that's what that is. Some of you are going to learn about other people's gifts and realize that while maybe you're the right arm and you have this gift, that you can make room for the left arm to start working. Hello, church. It is going to be exciting, I believe, what God does. Part of my heart, you need to know this through and through, is that we will be a church for all people with all the gifts active 
in all of life. I'm excited because you are gifted for greater. We are gifted for greater. Three questions to close. The first is, have you moved from knowing about Jesus to really knowing Jesus? To really knowing Jesus because he's available for each of us. That's the starting point. Secondly, are you ready to follow Jesus into the greater works he has for you? It's going to take some faith. It's going to take some stretching. It's going to make you uncomfortable in moments. Church, we got to get over wanting to be comfortable all the time. When God stretches us, when he moves, it will be uncomfortable, but that's where our faith steps in. He has more as we follow him. Third, will you commit to exploring and using your spiritual gifts in this series? We have a tool and a workshop that's been created. We've had about 30 people go through our spiritual gifts class over the last few months. We believe there's probably more of you that need to go through it. So during this series, every week, I'm going to put this up. And I'm going to say, hey, if you don't know what yours are, we have a great assessment and we have a great class and workshop And as soon as we have enough people, we'll pop up another one. Y'all are used to pop-up stores now, right? We're going to do a pop-up spiritual gifts class. Isn't that trendy? (laughs) So you can sign up at pathwayvb.com slash gifts. And when we see some demand there, we'll pop up another gifts class. Let me pray for us. Father, we love you and praise you. We thank you for the way you are moving in this place. We thank you that, Lord, you trust us with gifts. You don't just trust us, but you give us your spirit to empower us to do greater works. Father, I pray that we would have such a hunger and thirst, first and foremost, to know you. And that as we know you and grow with you, we would use our gifts, spirit-empowered gifts, to make a difference in the church and to make you known through the church in the world. Father, we thank you for what's ahead. I pray that as we lean into what it means to to be unleashed as the church, that your body would flourish, that the body of Christ, your church, would flourish in this season. We give you all the glory in advance. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Well, as you came in, and hopefully online, you have some communion elements, and we do this at least the first Sunday of every month. But we also, if you're here on site with us, want you to know we're going to be offering it weekly. And the way we're going to do that, in fact, I'm sorry, if you don't have elements, just get your hand up and we'll get it to you. Um, We are a part of something bigger, right? Jesus has invited us to receive communion as a part of the body of Christ. And so every Sunday, we want you to know we have a hub room right out these doors that's set up after service for prayer and also in there you'll find these communion elements so any Sunday that you'd like to receive communion you can do that in there first Sunday we're going to do it at least the first Sunday we're going to do it together make sense as we receive communion today we're actually going to do it a little bit differently About 16 years ago, I was in a church where we received communion, and we had an opportunity to receive it in small groups, and it was powerful for me, and I believe it will be for many of you today.
See, when we receive communion, we're being reminded of Jesus' body, that he went to the cross, that he died for us, that, that his body, as we receive the, crack, the cracker, or the wafer, whatever you want to call this, is symbolizing Jesus on that cross who died for our sins. And his blood that was shed is that atoning sacrifice that covers our sins. His blood is not like ours. He was sinless. And so when we receive communion, it's an opportunity to reflect, an opportunity to be reminded of how good he is because he's saved us and forgives us, but he also places us in the body of Christ. And so today, we're going to do this in groups. We're going to put up a slide. And you actually have a choice. We, we never force anything on anybody, right? You have a choice. You have an opportunity to form a group of four to eight, to do a circle. And as you do that, to, to actually receive communion together. One of you could read 1 Corinthians 11, and you could just pray to each, with each other and receive communion. Maybe you want to do it individually. You could do that in the room. You could come to the hub if you'd like to go there. And we'll also have the altar open for anybody that wants to begin by being prayed for before they receive communion. Church, we're entering into a new season. And this is about empowering his body to be the church. So I'm going to pray for you. And then we'll turn on some background music. And we'll be the church together. Amen? If you're new and a visitor and you're not sure what to do right now, I'll be up here and available. Uh, you can join a group, however you feel led. If you're a visitor, once you're ready to leave through those doors, our visitor set, our welcome center is there and we have a gift for you. We'd love to welcome you. Father, we love you and thank you for communion. We thank you for the opportunity to receive it today as the body of Christ. We thank you for your body, that you came in the flesh, that you gave up your divine privileges, that you took the cross for our sins. And we thank you for the juice which represents your blood that was shed for us, the atoning sacrifice. Father, as we receive communion with our brothers and sisters today, whether we're online or in person, Father, we ask that you would be present that you would continue to connect us to you and to the greater that you have for us. We thank you. Be with us now. In Jesus' name, amen.